0: people paying money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring.
1: Wrestling fans and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. As always, you got Matt here alongside Joe. What's up? What's going on? We've been away for a couple of weeks. We're trying to get some kinks out in the uh, in the podcast world and our in our in our regular lives as well. Uh, everything's going good on my end. How about you, Joe? Never ever
2: ever buy a refurbished laptop if you can help it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You know what I? So I
1: I just I just landed a new gig in IT. Um, Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And in my tenure of IT or just learning about tech altogether, it's always kind of been like a a a bad word when you see the R word
2: refurbished.
1: (laughs) Um, And here is the thing: it's not it's not because it's refurbished. Because of the, the main reason why it's not because of the simple fact that it's refurbished. It's because you really don't know who's the one that refurbished Furbished it. Refurbished yeah. <laughs>
2: that's that's exactly and, what's and going that's on. That's
1: the problem. Yep. Anybody can kind of just say, yeah, slap a tag on it, it's good yeah. to go. Um, That happens. It, it happens. Technical difficulties happen. The beauty of us not being on a schedule, we make up our own goddamn right, schedule. Right. So we're here. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy our uh, our February twenty by twenty by twenty <laughs> from last week. Um, it's a couple weeks behind. It's not a big deal. We hope you guys enjoy. It's one of our favorite episodes to do the twenty by twenty by twenty. We're still going to do one in March. We're still going to record one in March because there's a ton of topics that we need to talk about. But we're not going to do that this week. Uh, we're just going to kind of get back into the swing of things of pro wrestling. We're going to talk uh, Forbidden Door. We're going to talk WWE. We're going to talk a little bit of revolution. We're going to start, though, out east, in the far east, because February 28th, the last day of, of February, we saw the final championship defense of the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Tetsuya Naito was unable to take that title from Kota Ibushi and instead... Kotobushi is going to have those titles unified. Obviously, it goes deeper than that. This is a New Japan decision, of course. But we saw the last title defense of the IC title. It is no longer, it's officially retired, as well as that heavyweight title. They're going to have a brand new belt. It's just going to call the World Heavyweight Title, is that correct? Or It's
2: going to be called the IWGP world heavyweight championship yeah okay I believe that's the official title brand
1: new belts yep. so, so even that heavyweight title is no more but beautiful belt too be, man both of them are beautiful yeah belts. oh yeah and I, I I gotta start with the the intercontinental championship about 10 years of, of it being a, a title belt ton of history in those 10 years ton of great moments. You and I have. All, I'm not even going to ask because I already know the answer. <laughs> but for everybody out there listening, what is just your reaction to them unifying these belts and therefore getting rid of? Because that's essentially what it is: getting rid of the Intercontinental Championship.
3: Well, when they said they wanted the greatest of all time, they said, "Give us the honky tonk man, and Colonel Jimmy Hart." You better believe it. I'm. The greatest of all time is standing beside me, the greatest manager of all time. Jimmy, you tell him what you've done for me. Go on, Colonel. Well, you know, Honky, we've done everything together in the whole world. You know, when it comes to hit records, this man has got millions of hits. When it comes to wrestling, this man is the greatest. When it comes to guitar playing, singing and dancing, he is number one, baby. I guess you can probably say Honky Tonk's the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. You said a mouthful, Colonel. The mouth of the South, when he talks, people listen. See, he's my man. He watches the Honky Tonk man's back. He's everywhere I go. He tells me things that people say about me. He says, all the contracts, he gets a honky-tonk man on all the national television shows, he gets me big record deals, and he gets me the best matches I can
2: find. Well, you and I had spoke about this in a previous episode, and I still lay claim to what I said before. I think it's bad booking. I think they might be painting themselves into a corner, so to speak, because now you have one less title to sit there and you know have a part of your organization, but it, it also definitely closes avenues in the way of booking, you just don't, you know. There goes there goes a whole nother, I guess you could call it a division. You know, you all, you always have those those people who vie for that intercontinental title, and now that's not going to be a thing anymore. So it sucks, man. It really does suck, and you know, there's not much we could do about it now. But I I really had hoped that uh, Naito would win the belt, thereby separating the two and keeping it alive. Also, I'm I'm not as mad as I thought I would be about this decision because of the pandemic. I mean, I was reading some information, not to get too off topic. They're basically saying like, if things keep going the way they're going, even with vaccines, we're looking at anywhere from three to seven years of, of living life like this, where things are you know semi shut down or you know 50% capacity things mm-hmm. like that. So if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. You know, everybody, you know, real quick PSA here, but please, you know, do whatever you can to, um, you know, keep safe and and um, COVID free, whatever that may be, whether it's a vaccination or just <laughs> proper hygiene, <laughs> like. Seriously. Goes a long way, huh? I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> so that, yeah, that's... Uh, that three to seven years thing is news to me, and, and, and hopefully that's a overestimation. But, uh, I mean, we're... It is what it is regardless. The Intercontinental Championship uh, as a whole, I think what hurts New Japan Pro Wrestling is how they book. And they, they shot themselves in the foot by booking themselves in a way... Or by putting themselves in, the, in a situation where they have one less piece of the puzzle to, to book with. And more so in New Japan than than other companies, New Japan calls themselves king of pro sports. They focus a lot of the rivalries around championships, and then for them to be like, well, now we're going to get rid of one, like you said, just one less title. If this was, let's say, WWE, for example, it's different. It's a hell of a lot different because that's a company that looks at championship belts as props oh we're gonna put this this prop on this guy for now because it just fits whatever story we're trying to tell new japan doesn't necessarily book that way and a lot of their titles are are built the same way or 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 pushed in the same manner as if it was you know mma or boxing or things of that nature you know so you have you're 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 depleting an entire division you know like let's say you had ufc and you got rid of the, the entire middleweight division you know what I mean? That's what essentially is happening here. Yeah, yeah. That's just really, just really poor booking, in my opinion. There's a lot of greats that has come from the, from the Intercontinental Championship. I don't think, even though New, New Japan, some people have said that I mean, oh, New Japan didn't need it. They have too many heavyweight belts. Here's the issue with that. The U.S. heavyweight title, and I, I understand we're in the midst of a pandemic. I get that. But I don't care when it comes to how you book. You have a U.S. heavyweight championship. Spent 13 months not defending that title. Now, New Japan started doing U.S. shows back in August. And we didn't get a championship defense until February of the following year. You can't blame the pandemic anymore. (laughs) And then on top of that, little spoiler alert. The guy that was champion during the entire time is still the fucking champion. I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on John Moxley as champion, but I'm worried here. Do they at least have it to where they're going to have more championship defenses? Because the, the thing that new Japan builds their product on, they've had, they've, they've been doing this since the, the inception of bringing in championship belts to the company. They build their storylines. They build their events around title belts. You had the heavyweight title belt, intercontinental title belt, the never open weight title belt, which is not a true heavyweight title, it's for everybody, hence the name. But you had those three titles, throw in the U.S. heavyweight title belt, now you had four. But now you get rid of the intercontinental title.
4: Here we go with the biggest title defense of your career. Any trepidation tonight?
3: You're no journalist, Green Bean. You're missing the story here. The story here is romance. Yeah, the lovely Elizabeth. Win- we know. We know she's head over heels for you, right? <laughs> Even this bozo can see it. She wants you, honky. She wants you bad. And I'm going to oblige her, being the gentleman I am, the honky-tonk man. What are gonna... you saying? What are you saying, man? What I'm saying is this. I've got the title, I've got the belt, and tonight, I'm going to get the woman, the lonely woman. Oh, no. And then where are you going to take her, honky? Where, where are you going to take her, honky? I'm going to take her down the lonely street <laughs> to the heartbreak hotel. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Don't you worry. I won't be cruel, cause I know she wants me to love her tender. Cause I'll be her teddy bear. <laughs> and you know where that hound dog Randy's gonna be? Where's he gonna be? In the ghetto.
1: <laughs> the U.S. heavyweight title is is basically in America, and going on that three to seven years. If that's we're just speculating here, but sure, we're sure. going off of that. More than likely, that's going to stay in the United States because you're going to have two different entities. Of and,
2: it. and you know what? I think that's why John Moxley kept the belt because they need they need it to stay stateside, right? And they and being that it's easier for him to be here than over there, I think that well, makes
1: well, traveling restrictions and sure, and, and, sure. and then you also have things like uh, I don't know how like quarantining for X amount of weeks. I'm not sure the rules and regulations for that. Off the top of my head,
0: I pretty much well, stay in the same well, state. So. It, well,
2: in Japan, it's once you're there, it's two weeks. Two weeks, okay. Before you can do before anything, you can do it's anything. like ten to fourteen days. Okay, and then after that, yeah. like depending on what you're doing, <laughs> right. it might be another
1: week. And who's got the time to do that? And if you're a guy like John Moxley, I'm pretty sure you're not going to do that for free. Um, right, you know, especially too to keep in mind, he's got a baby on the way. He's got a baby
2: on the way. So yeah.
1: yeah, again, I'm not upset that John Moxley won. I was, of course, rooting for Kenta. So was I. But John Moxy still champ. Good match. I'm fine with the result. My problem is going back to Japan. Your U.S. title is is not in Japan. It's going to be in the United States for the foreseeable future. So you have one less title there. Okay. Now you have one less title because you just got rid of one. You personally pr- wrote one. You purposely wrote one off. So now you have a heavyweight title. That's all you got. That never open weight championship is designed to be for everybody. You're going to put a lot of. You're going to have to change the way you book is what I'm, was my point. Because you can't focus everything on championships anymore, because your championships are either gone or in another part of the world.
2: You know what, though? Out of every organization that we're familiar with and that we cover on the regular, I think they're the ones that are able to take this task on.
3: Because mm. <laughs> let's
2: fa- Let's face it, man. There's some companies out there, <laughs> you know, regardless of the number of belts they may have or, or utilize, whatever, like, it's just fucking forget about it. Like, they can't book to save their life, so. But, yeah, New Japan, yeah, hey, it sucks. It really does. But. Yeah. It is what it is, and and again, if anybody's going to overcome this hurdle, it'll be them. When you think of
1: the Intercontinental Championship, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, who's the what
2: reign comes here comes to mind first? For me, Naito, the first one, the first one, uh, just because of the way he approached having the title. Yeah, it's memorable. You know, it's not often, or at least it shouldn't be. It's not often you see a guy walk around with the belt like it's a piece of shit. <laughs> You know, just throwing it around, like breaking it, breaking it, yeah. And but that dude, it got him over as as that champ, yeah. Like it, it just worked. It was one of those that just worked. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy how
1: having a title being treated like garbage not only get the champion over, but it got that belt. over? It got over. that
2: belt over. Yeah.
1: Isn't that isn't that crazy how that That's how that fucking works,
2: nuts, dude? In a
1: country like Japan, too. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And I, I, I never would have thought, I never would have thought some of the best heel work that I've ever seen. And, and I know I know a lot of credit, uh, You know, as far as like championship reigns, Naito for me too. Also, Shinsuke Nakamura as Intercontinental Champion, sure, yeah, putting that title on the map, helping putting the company back on the map. You know him. You know Tanahashi gets a lot of credit and, and rightfully so, but uh, not, you know, Nakamura and his reign as IC champion was was absolutely phenomenal a lot of great matches the first ever ladder match in new japan history was That's was right. contested for the intercontinental championship you know it's it, it it sucks it sucks that we say goodbye to a beautiful t- title and any time you get that white strap and that gold man it's it's just it's just a thing of beauty absolutely um, very sad to see it go congrats to Bushi, on retaining the title now we're going to segue though to one of our favorite tournaments of the year, the New Japan Cup. Yeah. it's. I don't know how many people are going to be in this tournament. I know it's pretty. It's, it's bigger than usual, I think. Yes,
2: it is bigger than usual. Uh, uh, Evil's getting the first round bye. Tanahashi's Tana getting the first, Tana first round Tanahashi's getting the first round by. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but my, I just rolled my eyes so fucking hard. I like teenager rolled my eyes. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> you got guys that are uh, wrestling in, uh, in the States. They're coming back. You know, Juice Robinson was did, did some time with Impact. He's coming back for the tournament. Kenta, who we just talked about, he's he did not win the U.S. heavyweight title. He's coming back for the tournament. Whoever wins this tournament is going to be the first person to challenge Kota Bushi to the new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Who do you got? Does this person take the title or... Do we see somebody? Do we see Ibushi hold on to this thing for for a while still?
2: I think just because of the importance of Ibushi becoming champ, mm-hmm. I think he he holds on to the title. I'm okay with that. I, I think it just it it will build it will build the credibility and keep a certain level of prestige with that title, which is much more important now than previous because you are unifying those belts. Yeah. So, it is very important to get your champion over more so than any other day or any other rain, Because this technically is a new belt. It has new importance. So, yeah, you you want him to keep it. And you want him to keep it for quite a while. So, I don't see it going anywhere. I know that kind of takes the piss out of the tournament. But that's the good thing about New Japan. We're going to see... Some awesome fucking matches, regardless. So, like, it's 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 just it's refreshing because you're sitting there, even if you think you know the outcome of the entire tournament, yeah, you're gonna get one hell of a tournament.
1: Well, I mean, look at this first round match here: Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi.
2: Yeah, I first mean, take, round, right first away. Round, boom. First
1: round match. You got some some heavy hitters. I mean, who do you got? Who do you got taking this whole thing? Do we see uh, Jay White take a take a long? I don't think he wins the tournament, but do you see him, After everything that we've seen happen this year with Jay White, him walking away, coming back, he he wants to fulfill his destino, as he calls it, become God. I don't think it's going to happen this early, but what kind of run does he have,
2: and, and, and who takes it? His run, his current story is really interesting to me. And I, I love it. I love it that they, you know, you and I are continuity guys. Yeah. I love it that they paid attention to their own fucking booking and were like, wait a minute. If he's going to lose at Russell Kingdom, where does he go after that? And he's got to, he's, because he's a heel, he's going to blame someone else. Mm-hmm he's not going to blame himself he might question himself which we saw that he did he ended up calling out ishii and it's like oh that's right you know and so he he tells everybody you know this all started back then and you're the culprit of this and i'm going to take care of you first and so that's what's going on now just he defied him yeah he defied him yes so to, to to watch them get into a feud like that is... It's nothing short of fucking awesome. Yeah. Just because the booking is solid, and it makes sense, and it's believable. That's most important. It's believable. I'm really intrigued, and I'm, I'm paying extra special attention to Jay White's current storyline, current run, whatever you want to call it, because it is going to be really interesting to see. One... How far into this tournament he takes it with Ishii. And then also, what happens after he finally is done and over with Ishii? What happens next? Where does he go? Who else does he blame? It's really going to be interesting. I don't think he... I think he'll go far in the tournament. I don't think he wins the tournament. I think they have uh, a much longer hero's journey set for him. And I'm okay with that. Because guess what? New Japan still tells one hell of a story. As far as uh, who do I have? You know what? Call me. You can call me what you want. I think I'm going to go with Shingo. He's going to be Okada on the first round. I think think I'm going to go with Shingo only because, you know, we... Keep in mind, Okada is the type of performer where no matter how they book him, he's always a constant threat. Oh yeah, Shingo has a much more uh, extremely complex and interesting story, because with him and Los Ingobernables, you and I have talked about it previous. It's getting to that point with him and Naito where he's he's going to step up, and Naito soon will be challenged. And whether I'm not saying it's necessarily Shingo because it could be Sonata, but just that. That rumbling of the changing of the guard mm-hmm. in Los Angeles possibly happening, I could see that. I could see that being a launching pad for Shingo to elevate his career further in in heavyweight contention and in contention in general. And what better way to do that than with a, a, a New Japan Cup win?
1: Yeah, it's um, I, you know as much as I hate to to, to say it. You know, Tetsuya Naito is not going to do this forever. Um, there's always been, there's already been, been hinklings of who's going to be the next guy, and, and, and Kevin Kelly's kind of pushed that throughout yeah. the past, you know, x amount of months, especially during the uh, the the evil um, the evil turn. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I I like Takagi. Um, I you know when it comes to I, Here's the thing about Okada. Okada is such a you said you said it perfectly. Yes, one he's always a threat no matter where you put him because he's fucking Okada. No matter like him or hate him, one of the best wrestlers in the world today. Period, bar none. Uh, performers, uh, all you know, as far as getting matches over and in those types of caliber matches. And one thing too I like about Okada too is like he always seems to be the type of guy to go to when you want to get somebody over because he is that guy and anybody that you beats that, that that's gonna beat, if, if takagi is gonna beat Okada in this in this particular tournament I think especially in the first round I think you have to move put him as a favorite to win the whole thing okay other than that the way that is kind of the way that everything's been booked right now I think it's it's left open for anybody to take that take that uh, take their turn at it because it's kind of been a you don't know where Jay white's been Naito, he had his chances. He's lost twice in the big matches against Ibushi. You don't put him in there against Ibushi again, at least not right now. Not right now. And then and who else? Do you put somebody else in the Bullet Club? I know they kind of rotate things out. They've even mentioned that, where it could be JY one day and Evil the next and, and what have you. Besides Sakagi, one of the guys that I'm looking at are the two guys from, from United Empire, and that's Great Okan, who I think is still too new to the New Japan roster for them to put them in this kind of situation in. So I'm actually, I'd actually say like, this is an opportunity for Will Osprey. Okay. I don't I don't know if he wins it, but I think what I'm saying is like, they left it open. Like it's, it's more open than it usually is. Usually you got at least like five guys that you can say like, it's going to be one of these five guys. Jay White, I say no right now. Tetsuya Naito, I say definitely not because he just lost, and he's lost twice to Ibushi this year. Um, so, like, who else you have there? Takagi's a good pick. Okada's always kind of, he's kind of always there. Tanahashi's kind of always there, although I don't see Tanahashi winning at all.
2: You know what, though? That, this is where you and I differ, because there's already been talk, like, what, you know, he 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 helped uh put over Great Ocon and they made it seem like already questioning like when he'll when will he retire? And just to have that loom Tanahashi? Tanahashi okay. having having that loom in the background, you can't help but wonder, like, man, is are they gonna give him one one more big final push I see what you're and saying. maybe yeah. this is the way they do it? Like, I don't don't get me wrong, man, if he's gonna <clears> retire, <throat> dude, have at it. You know it's not like he's not deserving of, mm. of the proper retirement but at the same at the same token man like sincerely go home <laughs> you know get get it give it get it over with and and uh, let let other people have that opportunity yeah, i agree
1: i felt that way about tanahashi for a long time yeah I mean I I like you you look at at, at two guys and I know they're they're at different points of their career because he's more f- ahead of the retirement wave than Tanashi is but like a Suzuki who has higher caliber matches but at the same time he's not really a significant threat to win that heavyweight title he just he just isn't and um I I don't know like it's uh for me, it's I, I don't I don't I don't see I still don't see Tanahashi taking this. I, if if it is this, it's a waste of a tournament because I don't see them giving him the title as a retirement gift. I don't see that. No,
2: I I, but, I, I yeah. I, if I if it sounded like I was implying that, that's not what I meant.
1: But giving even, even giving him the tournament is a waste because Tanahashi's a guy to where you could book him. Even at the anniversary show, which is coming up soon. So maybe not that soon, but something like that to where you could just be like, you know what? We're going to give Tanahashi this match just because he's fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi. They've done that before. I don't know. I, to me, winning a tournament like the New Japan Cup, even if you lose the championship match, you still won the New Japan Cup. You still have the trophy, because everybody gets trophies for winning tournaments there. You still win the trophy. It's still a big deal. I don't I don't like take, taking that opportunity to give it to somebody like Tanahashi, who doesn't fucking need it. He's got plenty of trophies. He doesn't need another one, especially if you're going to have him lose. All right, so let's segue back out west, but let's stick with New Japan here. We, we saw... The second night of The New Beginning in USA It was uh, Main event, Moxley Kenta for the US Heavyweight title Moxley retains Moxley retains the US Heavyweight Championship I just said that So I'm being distracted by Negative one. I was kind of <laughs> kind of disappointed that he's back on the show again. Yeah,
2: ladies and gentlemen, as always, we have wrestling on in the background. We're currently watching AEW Dark, if I'm not mistaken. This is Dark, yes. The Dark Order just came out with Negative One, and he's doing commentary.
1: He's been doing comments. He was doing commentary for a few weeks. Yep. And then they they took him off, or he wasn't there, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he was grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of that. So I'm not. I mean, he's getting all these cool perks, which is great. I just don't need to see him on TV, um, or at least in in a in a voice role. Right. John Moxley still the U.S. heavyweight champion. New Japan is clearly still sticking with a U.S. approach. Pandemic or not, I think this is this is something they've been doing even before the, the pandemic. But well, now, yeah,
2: they had Woods. Like five to seven dojos that were about to open for yeah, before, the, before pandemic the pandemic hit. Yeah. So,
1: so here you are, still amidst a pandemic. No matter, no, you know, no matter if it's going to end this year or you know years from now, you have this U.S. approach. Now every Friday night, New Japan Pro Wrestling World. Go to our website x dot com slash podcast slash NJPW. Get yourself a 30-day subscription on us. And by the way, we will be launching a brand new website in the coming weeks. We're still working out some of the kinks, but that is coming your way. More information will be announced as it comes right here on our podcast, as well as other platforms, which we'll talk about later. Every week, they're on NJPW World. They have an up- They have a show called Strong. It's an hour long every Friday nights. Hails from uh, California. Come to California. <laughs> is that enough for them? If, if for the for the long term, for the short term, it seems fine. But is that enough, or do they need to expand the roster and maybe even the show? I understand you only got one belt. That's fine. I'm not saying get more belts. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but. Are, are we getting enough to get this other talent over? Or does it even matter because most of your most of your roster is in Japan anyways? I mean, is this, is this enough for long-term? If, if, we, if this is a long-term thing, I'm not trying to scare anybody to say there's gonna be a pandemic that's gonna last forever or whatever, but if this is gonna be a long-term thing, is this gonna be enough to get this product over? Is because John Mox is also not going to be your champion forever, either. True. Is this enough, or do they need to do more to start expanding the roster? Because you got good guys on there, but we still live in a world where people don't care about people like the DKC and TJP and those guys. How do we get this product over as well? And is New Japan going to do enough to do that, in your opinion?
2: I think the product is already over. It's just you need a you need a bigger audience. It's it's kind of the same thing that happened with uh, Ring of Honor and, and their Pure tournament. Like anybody who watched it, it had that critical acclaim. There was no doubt about it. Everybody fucking enjoyed it. For those who watched it, it just needed a bigger audience, and I think that's what's going on with NJPW Strong. As far as expanding the roster, yeah, you have to. You're, you're, at some point, you're going to have to have some new blood interjected in there, and that was what the dojos were supposed to be for. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, depending on what state they're working in or where, where they want to work, You know, things are starting to open back up here and there, so we might see a dojo or two open up, but in the meantime, what they should do, and what I hope they do, is use the forbidden door. Yeah. To supply themselves with with new talent, and this for this whole forbidden door thing is is still very intriguing to me. But the way companies are utilizing it, it should be kind of the same thing across the board, and that's not what's happening. So that that worries me a little bit. But again, New Japan they have um, they have a lot of patience Ooh. when it comes to their booking and stuff. So. It makes sense for them to, to go as long as they can without kind of like rocking the boat with a whole bunch of change. If that makes sense. So, we'll see. But you're you're right. They, they have to do something to expand the roster. And, and I'm not saying it's going to be like introduce a new belt. I don't necessarily want that to happen. Sure. But you're right. Moxley's not going to be their champ forever. You know, he's got a baby on the way. That's going to change some things. And... What do you do after he leaves? Is that when Kenta gets the title? Like, does Kenta get another shot? Is it going to be somebody else? We'll see. We'll see how things go. I mean, you know, obviously you've got TJP, who's been working there, been working in Impact. I think he's clearly highly capable Oh yeah, of... of being that that champion. Current Division champion in Impact. You know, so I, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of opportunity and a lot of possibility that goes along with this situation. But you're right. That roster has to change, change up a bit. And I would like to see them work with other companies.
1: By work with other companies, would that potentially mean defending that title on another company's show?
2: If they're smart, yeah. I mean, that's one thing that, if, if it's done correctly on the business side of things, mm-hmm. and I say that because you, know, you and I had a conversation about how AEW's treating impact and vice versa. Yeah. If it's done correctly on the business side, you should be able to defend a different belt on a different company's TV and it not, like it still work out for both companies involved. Mm-hmm. I say that with the NWA women's title, Obviously, it it was brought to AEW and has since been defended and changed hands on their product. Um, and for those of you who who don't see the smile on my face right now, NWA is coming back, so I'm excited. Yeah. Power's coming back. It's, uh, it's a good time, good time. So, um, but yeah. to to stick on the subject of Mm -hmm. this yeah yeah it it should be totally possible totally i just i have i
1: love the wrestling there um i think a couple changes need to be made i I never want to have somebody out of a job for me i may maybe disagree with me the commentary team which is half kevin kelly uh just doesn't have that wow factor for me when i listen to him and Alex Kozlov together. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm so taken out of it, out of, out of the commentary work that mainly Kozlov. I, I love Kevin Kelly. I was going to yeah. say the problem is definitely Kozlov. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I think, I think it's time for a change. Again, I'm not trying to have somebody lose their job, but you know, hey, if it ain't working out, it ain't working out. But I, I think, I think when I, when I bring up guys like the DKC and uh, the Regal brothers, the the problem is they're talented, extremely talented, but nobody knows who the fuck they are. Yeah, they you need you need a little more star power in there. Star power is good. I'm not saying have star power come in and they run the show or exposure. That too, you know. That too, you know the you know you I mentioned the title being defended on another show. It could be easily done by having somebody like the DKC on another show.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and have somebody fucking mention. Plug New Japan. It's a very simple thing. That's what I need to see. And as patient as New Japan is, and that's what I love about their booking, it doesn't work in an American audience because most of American audiences isn't patient. And... (laughs) (laughs) and, No. (laughs) and, And that's where I think some of the growing pains that we've mentioned way before forbidden doors were ever mentioned yeah that's where it comes in because you you can't continue to book to what you want to do a hundred percent yes stick to your guns, stick to what what's worked and stick to what's true to you but you still have to adapt to the other culture
2: oh i get it guns bullet club pew 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> speaking of of guns i just i just thought about this uh
2: you wanna bring back the smoking
1: guns? I want to bring back the smoking guns. Okay. Uh, Bart, where you at? Let's do this. <laughs> um, no just a really interesting interesting question here because we you mentioned the pandemic, you mentioned things being opened up. Well, prior to this being prior to us recording to this earlier in the day, and this is not a pandemic talk, ladies and gentlemen, but this is strictly wrestling related, but the state of Texas has announced that it is officially opening up 100%.
2: Woohoo!
1: <laughs> That's where I came the gun. Yeah, now you're getting it.
3: Listen, I'll prove it. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of <laughs> Wait, don't
1: hang up. Doesn't, to, to, for me, doesn't it feel like we should be if that's if they, if it stays that way assuming this is keep in mind this is brand new as we record this this stays that way should we expect a company from Stanford Connecticut moving from Florida to Texas simply because they can have people at their venue to to
2: live attend every single week I tell you what I wouldn't put it past them. I really wouldn't, and you know, you and I have seen the loony buffooneries of one Vincent Kennedy McMahon before. It's not out of the question. It's just not. Think about <laughs> it, dude. No, yeah. seriously. I, that's, that's why I brought it up. WrestleMania. Yeah, they've been fucking doing whatever they can to get people in there. And Ooh. now, last I heard, they're still want to. They still want to run it at like twenty five percent capacity. Okay. If Texas is going to open up hundred percent, I'm not saying they're going to move WrestleMania there, but future future big events, mm. or, or you know, maybe they take a lease out for. A stadium to where they can have people week after week watch Raw yeah. and be in in there. <laughs> yeah, I I don't see that. I see that happening like lickety split. It mm-hmm. don't happen right away. Um, let's face it, we all want things to go back to normal. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah. what Texas is doing. I'm not on board with that. I really am not. I have uh, I have friends and family in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, and. <laughs> One of them happens to be a doctor, both her and her husband, and they will be the first to tell you this is not a smart move. So, um, you know, again, I, not this isn't a pandemic episode or anything sure. like that, but fucking, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but here's the PSA again. Damn it, be safe, take yeah. care of yourselves, do what you got to do, to stay COVID-free.
1: I just want things to go back to normal, too. So, yeah. I mean, I, you know, look, I save all the political stuff, keep it to myself for the most part. Whatever whatever I got to do to get my ass back in a wrestling show again, that's what I want to do, you know. Or, you know, conventions and all that stuff as well. I want to do all that. You know, so I'm not here to talk conspiracy theorists or anything like that. And I agree with my partner. I do. I stand by that. I do my part. I wear masks everywhere I go. So wait
2: a minute. We're not going to talk about lizard people? We're not going to talk about <laughs> lizard people or, okay. or any other kind of BS.
1: <laughs> so WWE right now is at Tropicana Field. They're, they're there probably just until the end of the month. I think WrestleMania is going to be the first show at Raymond James Stadium. And I think the plan is for them to stay there. Because remember... Tropicana Field is the home of the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, the Rays are back playing baseball starting April. I think I think opening day is April first. It, maybe it's even like the last day of March or whatever. So they got they got to go. They got to leave. Yeah, to they got to go. Just like they left the Amway Center when they were doing it there, they got to leave again. Raymond James Stadium is is unoccupied until late summer, early early fall. So I, I, I that the I think the plan was to do that now. For me, it should be enough. It should be enough to be like, if you're okay to do 25% capacity because you're able to space people out, maybe even less. AEW does it every single week. You know, other sporting events have done NFL has done it through for some of it, and it's worked out fine. No matter how our opinions on that aside goes, that should be enough for them like, okay, at least you got something. At least you got some kind of crowd interaction. Two things I'll say to that. Them going to Texas, if, if that is the case, keep in mind this is just like a random question, ladies and gentlemen. There's no rumor or anything here. But if they do go to Texas, it's it's nothing but pure greed to do that. Um, to, to, to do something like, you know, American Airlines Center or something like that. Two of all companies... And this is where this is where it's going to get anti-WWE here. <laughs> Even more so. Of all companies, they should be the last company to want live people back in their audience. You want to know why? I know you know why. You're a smart guy, Joe. But you want to know why, ladies and gentlemen? The ones that haven't figured it out yet? It's because they control 100% of that audience noise. There is no way that a Chicago crowd, for example, can fuck up what you're trying to do. I know for a fact that Vince McMahon has a love-to-hate relationship with our city. The second city, Chicago, Illinois. Because it brings in a lot of money, of course. But it also fucks up a lot of what he's trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> and we've seen how they filtered that show in ways that nobody else is. Yeah. Yep. They should be the last people to be like, let's do a live crowd again. No, no, no. <laughs> Stick with your fucking computer, guys. <laughs> That's a, my piece of advice. Stay the fuck away from a live crowd because until you get better product, you really don't want to know what WWE fans have to
2: think about you. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know that I agree with you completely. I see where you're coming from, but I think in order for them to get that wake up call, that rude awakening that they need, that their product really fucking stinks, I think they need to have a live audience. What? Something that's not controllable. Because otherwise, how are they going to fucking know? How are you going to get Vince McMahon to to realize, like, hey, maybe we are doing something wrong, pal.
1: But I will say this, though. God damn it, Bruce. (laughs) You remember that show in 2019 where there was, like, 7,000 people in attendance? They didn't fucking bat an eye on it. All they did was just, let's tighten up the camera
2: angles. Oh, that's right. That was the one in uh, Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I don't think he's getting it.
2: I, I, I don't I don't know if if, the, if even that's
1: going to affect him where it's he's going to be like yeah our product sucks I think he's just going to be like oh this 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 audience is terrible I don't know
2: I, no no I, I want to no, say you're yeah, right yeah no that makes that <laughs> makes a lot of sense now that you say it but I mean just <sighs> I just don't know if you'll ever fucking get it yeah and and, and you know f- for those who who Kind of want a, a, a like a more concrete example of what we're talking about. Uh, what WrestleMania was it where Cena versus Triple H was on on the card in Chicago? That was twenty two. Twenty two. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm at twenty two with uh, w- with a, a few mutual friends and. <laughs> We will be the first to tell you. I'd say at least eighty percent of the the entire building was booing John Cena. Yeah. Without us, without the shadow of a doubt. And when you go back and watch that on the network or on DVD. <laughs> yeah. That is not the That's case. That's my next point, though. I, I think I think we
1: start seeing that. I think we start seeing filtering live noise.
2: And well, just, yeah. Well, they're doing that now. Yeah. Right? Well, I
1: mean, like on live TV. You just, you just start, you just start coming in with some fucking pre-scripted, just turn down the fucking live audience. We have the technology to do that. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, just filter it. They're cheering the shit out of it. They're not, they're not booing this.
2: Uh, (coughs) Now, and you know what? Now, now that you, you say that, like, I would be really interested in watching that broadcast. So this, to see, yeah. like, but I mean, obviously, I would have to know for sure what's going on. Yeah, but I would, I would really watch it to see exactly how they execute <laughs> the "quote unquote" crowd noise.
1: That's the only way they can get you to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much
2: these days, for sure.
1: Staying on the topic of WWE, over the over the past few weeks, we've seen the WWE Championship uh, kind of. Mm-hmm swap from person to person a little bit
2: here <laughs> you make it sound like like it's an std <laughs> oh boy
1: i mean that's not a bad way of describing it i guess
2: <laughs>
1: but uh so drew mcintyre has been champion since wrestlemania last year with the exception of maybe, like, what, a week or two when he lost it? Uh, yeah, uh, about two weeks. Yeah, he lost it to Randy Orton uh, at, at Hell in a Cell and went him back. Uh, anyways, throughout the course of the pandemic, he's been kind of your rock. And a lot of people are saying, like, "Oh, Roman Reigns is the guy. Let's not forget about the fact, and I, I'm not getting into the, the conversation to why. I really don't care why. It's irrelevant. Roman Reigns packed his bags and he fucking left that's that's the business side of it right okay you know you can say all you want about all the other stuff that's the business side of it drew mcintyre didn't do that drew mcintyre has been carrying the company since wrestlemania now look i don't like wwe's product i'm not a fan of it but i can't not acknowledge the fact that he's been the guy fast forward now to elimination chamber happened in late february Catch on WWE Network. Drew McIntyre successfully retains the title in an elimination chamber match. Then he goes on to lose it immediately after that because The Miz cashes in his Money in the Bank briefcase. The Miz holds on to that title for a whopping eight days, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not I'm not opposed to. I, I, he shouldn't have been champion for eight seconds, let alone eight days. That I agree with. He loses the title to Bobby Lashley on the first episode of Raw in, in in the month of March. Bobby Lashley also also note that he lost the United States Championship uh, on the same show, uh, Elimination Chamber. He lost in a triple threat match to Matt Riddle. John Morrison was also in that match. Keith Lee was originally supposed to be in that match. Remind you know, remind me is Keith Lee legit hurt or is this like a storyline thing?
2: I don't know for sure. And the only reason I say that is because uh, Mia Yim did have COVID. And sh- that's part of the reason she was taken uh, out of action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are getting married.
3: Right. So
2: it, a lot of people are saying it's either he contracted COVID from her. Or it's just them having time off to be married. One way or the other, he wasn't around.
1: He loses the title, but he doesn't get pinned. He doesn't submit. Triple threat rules. Champion could lose the title, even not being part of the decision. Okay, so Bobby Lashley gets rid of that title that way. Eight days later is win the WWE Championship. There's a lot to pick here. And let's start with Drew McIntyre. Because he's the guy that is kind of like backburnered right away. We're in WrestleMania season. We are by the time you listen to this, that's a few weeks away from WrestleMania. By the time we're recording this, we're same thing about a few weeks from WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> no matter which way you look at it, he loses the title about a month. Or let's call it about what five, six weeks before WrestleMania. Sure, yeah. And then immediately is put out of the picture. He's got Sheamus now. That's uh, that's his thing. We talk about booking and bad booking. From to me, this is. One of the most disrespectful things they've done in a long time, because the guy—if you could literally carry the company, if you could literally do that—he would have been the guy. And his thank you is Seamus, no title, just Seamus.
2: Yeah, just Seamus.
1: In in a really bad costume.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So he's still wearing the suspenders. He's still wearing the suspenders. Shitty derby hat.
1: So I, I asked the question. And maybe we should put this on a t-shirt.
2: What the fuck's up with that booking? You know, every time someone brings up the idea that Vince McMahon holds grudges, I don't want to believe it, because I, I, I wanna think, hey, this is just this is just bad booking and you know, there's there should be no credibility to that statement where Vince McMahon is purposely burying his own talent. But every time it gets brought up like there's it's like a viable possibility you know there's there's always those those stories about how he would consistently try to bury all the the roads you know Dusty Cody Dustin mm-hmm. that you know goes back to beef with Dusty from years ago it's just like what the fuck and and maybe maybe this is what's going on with Drew McIntyre for him basically fucking things up the first time he was with the company. You know, maybe this is Vince just not letting go of that. And like, fuck, you know, I'm going to make this kid suffer, but... Or
1: maybe even recently with the Goldberg situation where he that, got he that, got COVID.
2: Yeah, that too.
1: I mean, this is... this is I, I don't hold it... Uh, I don't put it past him to be like, damn you kid, you got COVID. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You, you exactly. fucked that up for me. So I, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but fuck. I
2: mean,
1: it's, <laughs> it's a legit thing. Uh,
2: I, I really don't want to sit here and think that. I really don't. And I do want to attribute it to bad booking. Because that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end of the day... who's who's in charge of that final say-so? It's always Vince McMahon. Correct. No matter how many times WWE fanboys don't want to hear that shit, guess what? That's how it's going right now. Until that motherfucker steps down or dies or what have you, at the end of the day, it's always going to be his decision. He lets shit like this go on. So you can't sit there and take a gripe with me Or us, or what have you. That's just the way shit is. I don't know what the fuck is up with that booking. You and I talked earlier, before we started recording, about Bruce Pritchard, And I had told you, listening to his podcast, it felt like he was making all the same mistakes that he made with his first time around with, with WWE. And he's not realizing it. And I, and I think, judging by how bad WWE television is right now, mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what's going on. Especially if he's got anything to do with any of the book. And and he does. He's yeah. he's one of those people, unfortunately. Too, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know, man. I wish they would get their shit straight.
1: Before I say anything, uh, as always, again, we have wrestling on the background. <laughs> right now, we have... MLW, Fusion, or special episode, Tom Lawler's Filthy Island. Uh, I don't know how they're going to pull this match off. We got Rocky Romero going up against Gringo Loco. Gringo Loco is very much a high flyer, and you're wrestling in a match with no ropes.
2: Yep, no ropes. I don't know how how good this (laughs) is going to be.
1: Uh, this should be pretty interesting to say the least moving on uh, not moving on actually my tidbit here again I'll say it again Drew McIntyre he's carried the company. you take the title away from him six weeks prior to Wrestlemania and you do that in a way that doesn't even get his next rivalry over at the very least shouldn't have been Sheamus that cost them that title. That would have made a lot of sense. So, so here's what's happening, and it's going to segue to my next point. You have The Miz come in. Now, the go-home episode of Raw, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do watch most Raws, unfortunately. I'm
2: so sorry. Hey, you know what?
1: <laughs> That's why you have multiple TVs in your room. Okay. So, you know. Background noise, (laughs) but but the go home episode of uh, the go home episode of Raw going into going into Elimination Chamber, the Miz had Drew McIntyre on his little talk show thing, essentially hinting towards a potential rivalry between the two. So when the Miz cashed in, I didn't watch Elimination Chamber live. I. I actually haven't watched the whole show. I don't think I'm going to. I just watched the, uh, the Chamber matches. Okay. When when Drew McIntyre, he, Drew McIntyre retains the WWE Championship in the Elimination Chamber, so you make him still look strong. Okay. He still looks strong because he just beat five guys in an Elimination Chamber match. But then Miz comes in, does the slimy heel thing, cashes in. I wasn't surprised at all because they pretty much hinted towards that. The, the week before, or, or the episode of Raw before, because two things. One, The Miz took himself out of the match. He took himself... He was supposed to be in a limited chair match. He took himself out of the match. Yeah. We... You, you should have known why, as far as storylines reasons go. And then, two, the, the fact that Drew McIntyre basically beat him up. Well, not basically, but he did beat him up. And... Um, in, in They're not episode of Raw. So... The Miz, very clearly, it'd be surprising if he didn't at least attempt, at least hint towards wanting to go out there and steal that title from him. He ends up doing it. He ends up winning the title. And The Miz is now the champ. Where the fuck does Bobby Lashley come into all this? Because I still don't know. I, I don't either. I'm waiting for a fucking answer on that one. No, nobody, no Mark has fucking been able to tell me where the fuck does Drew McIntyre... In a, in a span of eight fucking days, gets written out of, of of the WWE Championship, a title that he's held since last WrestleMania. Carry the company gets written out like he's fucking nothing, and then in comes Bobby Lashley, who's literally done jack shit.
2: I'm gonna say something, and it's not gonna make any sense because I don't think it makes sense. Okay, but, well it's, it's WWE, so it makes it makes sense, but. <laughs> I kind of heard rumblings of exactly why they put the belt on Lastly.
1: We might have heard the same thing, but I'm interested here.
2: Supposedly, at WrestleMania, we are, might have to see the return of Brock Lesnar. Yep, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> it, and, and we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to, we'll
1: get to that in a second, because i got an important question to ask you. It's a gambling question, too. I wanted to bring up this. I was thinking about this at work today. You know, you got The Miz. He's clearly your Segway champion. That's clearly what he's there to do. Okay. For for whatever reason, you don't want Lashley to beat McIntyre right now. So you use The Miz, slimeball move, comes in, wins the title, loses it eight days later. I said there's a lot to pick apart with this, ladies and gentlemen. I wasn't lying. (laughs) The next question I have—it's a little bit of a segue, but it's still very much WWE-related, still very related to what we just what we just talked about here—the Money in the Bank cash-ins. Yeah, I can't fucking stand them. <laughs> I've never liked them. <laughs> I think they're they're stupid. I, I think when it when it first happened, you know, when Edge did it all those years ago, you and I are not the biggest Edge fans, but I thought okay, it makes sense.
2: It does make, yeah, it did make sense,
1: but. It when you do it for the pet over a decade now, it's kind of getting old. You look at somebody like the Miz, who's now a two time champion, both times were cash ins. I know some people say like, oh, he's a he's a heel, he's a great heel, and that's the way he should win those titles. But when you really look at it, does it does it have as much meaning as it should winning those titles when you beat somebody after a grueling elimination chamber match?
2: No, and. They're superficial title reigns, to be honest with you, at and, that point. And that's my point here. Especially
1: so the first title reign he did that he main event WrestleMania and he won his match, okay? He got his WrestleMania moment, he got his fifteen minutes of fame. This this match, this particular situation, it was just a fucking prop so he can have so he can be the Segway champion so that Lashley didn't have to beat McIntyre. Lashley could beat a weaker opponent. Yes, I said it. Miz fucking is terrible at wrestling. I I think Miz's daughter is a better wrestler than the Miz. (laughs) He's fucking garbage. He's not a good heel. The only reason why I I, I find him annoying is because I find him annoying as an individual, as a human being. I wish he didn't fucking exist anymore. I'm not wishing death upon him. I'm just saying I just wish he'd go away. and Stay away. Going to Iraq. Again, I've said it before. Talentless... Equals The miss. Plain and simple. And then you give him a title. You're better off keeping that fucking title or, or briefcase with Otis at this point. Because you really anybody could have fucking cashed in. Because you didn't want somebody strong holding that title and losing that title to Bobby Lashley. That's my biggest point here. You want to have a Segway champion. Segway champions exist. But give it to somebody who actually will do something for the next guy. What does Bobby Lashley earn by beating the Miz? Not a damn thing. And I'll tell you why. Because he won it, he wrestled the Miz twice on on that episode of Raw where he won the title. The first time he he beat the Miz wasn't by count out. They remade the match for later on in the night, making it a lumberjack match. And he just goes in there and destroys him. Okay? That's your world champion, ladies and gentlemen. Bobby Lashley basically just wrestled a fucking pillow.
0: WWE brawlin Buddies—they're bigger than big and ready for battle. Head up, throw throw 'em, headlock and em. Brawling Buddies are brilliant. Yeah. Dad? Oh, it's all. <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't know how you anybody can defend that. I, I. I get the whole argument that you know this is Vince McMahon's thing. I get that. I've. I've, I've know that very well. I don't know how you can defend this as a, as a WWE mark. How do you defend a guy who carried your company for a fucking year during one of the worst years of our lives, of our existence, and he carried the company? He did it. He did it very well. one One of the only one of the pro, the only good thing about Monday Night Raw was Drew McIntyre. And by the way, Drew McIntyre, Russell, Sheamus, that same episode of Raw where the Miz lost the title to Bobby Lashley. That match goes 22 minutes. Not the, not fucking match of the year, but I was entertained by it. I thought it was solid. Those two definitely can work well together. I know we just made fun of Sheamus. I'm not a Sheamus fan, but he's the type of guy that he's when he's in there with the right talent, you can get something out of him. And, Sheamus, and, and Drew McIntyre is one of those talents. Why is that not good enough to go into WrestleMania with?
2: Well, first of all, it's not a pillow. It's a Rumble Buddy. It's a Rumble Buddy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know what, man? I I don't know. I really don't know. And here, here's what also bothers me about this. Clearly, they're trying to have Lashley be the guy who is as strong or as a formidable opponent to go up against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, if that's the plan. Mm. So let me ask you this now. How is Drew McIntyre... Strong enough to beat Brock Lesnar, but now all of a sudden, he's not strong enough to beat Brock Lesnar. My only thing is that
1: they don't want that match twice, in a, two years in a row, or they don't want Lesnar beating Drew McIntyre. Because in their weird fucking mind, Drew McIntyre is the guy that's going to continue to carry the company. Just not WrestleMania, because we had to have attraction so matches. Then,
2: so then how is that? A-
1: but, because what we talked about. Attraction matches. Nothing that actually... Once WrestleMania is over, we hit the reset button, and we start all over again. There is no reason to put Brock Lesnar, which, by the way, we're talking, what, five weeks going into WrestleMania, because he hasn't shown up yet. Five weeks going into WrestleMania, at this point, hasn't we haven't seen him since last WrestleMania. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to put him in the title match? Well, yeah, he's
2: Brock Lesnar. Because he's
1: Brock Lesnar.
2: That's exactly why.
1: And then... That's my point. That's what, I, that's what I've been fucking saying since, since we started this fucking podcast. And everybody laughs at me. Everybody fucking laughs at me and says, I don't know what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Every fucking year, it's the same goddamn match. It's Brock Lesnar versus insert random guy here. In this case, it's going to be Bobby Lashley. Somebody, some fucking moron out there. Thank you for listening to the show, by the way. He fucking said... Oh, it's the match, it's the dream match that we wanted to see in 2006 when they were really pushing Bobby Lashley. Well, first of all, two things. I don't know who the fuck's dreaming of that fucking match, because <laughs> it ain't nobody that actually likes wrestling. And then two, I'm sorry, but we missed that then, if that was the case.
2: And you know what, that match, that quote unquote dream match, that was under an MMA banner, not... It was. Yeah. It was, Yes. So, what the fuck? What gives, man?
1: Nobody should want to see a guy like Bobby Lashley, who is obviously in incredible shape, his wrestling ability is is so-so, but the guy is fucking dull. I would rather watch fucking paint wrestle each other.
3: Butter. Tastes like butter. And apples. This tastes like Danhausen took a fresh apple off of a tree. Took it down, took a bite out of it, and said, "Wow, yes, very good." Just, uh, look at this. There's the fresh apples that they made this with. Its ingredients. There apples in it. it? Would appear not.
1: Yeah. To see Brock, see Bobby Lashley in a ring in a main event of WrestleMania. This is a part of me that thinks that this was part of his contract? Maybe when they signed when they signed him from Impact a couple of years ago that. He was given, guaranteed a championship match. I don't fucking know. Who the fuck knows? I. But here's my question to you. So after Drew McIntyre wrestles for probably like a half hour in that Elimination Chamber match, there's been three championship matches for the three WWE championship matches since then. They have totaled, all three matches have totaled four minutes Jesus. of wrestling time. Four minutes. In three WWE championship matches. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Over under four minutes.
3: <laughs>
2: what do you got? <laughs> under four minutes. <laughs> under four minutes for sure. And and that's what that's gonna be the shittiest part about all this. They're gonna they're gonna wait till the the final part of WrestleMania, night two. And then guess what? That motherfucker's gonna come out, and he'll show up, and he'll come, and he'll fucking destroy Bobby Lashley, and that'll be it. One, two, three, less than four minutes, and that's how WrestleMania will end. Why? Because it's Brock Lesnar, Mm. and that motherfucker gets what he wants from Vince McMahon all the damn time. And then he'll throw that title right in his face. Yep, he'll throw the title (laughs) right in his face, (laughs) like a fucking Rumble Buddy. Like a Rumble Buddy. (laughs)
1: None, none of these matches, I'm about to say, sounds good. But another listener has, has, has brought up, like, shouldn't have been Reigns versus Lesnar and Edge versus McIntyre? You know, swap the two titles. And taking Bobby Lashley out altogether because where the fuck does he come from? I don't know. It makes no sense at all. This is this is one of the worst bookings I've seen in a long time involving the, the World Championship. Um, I don't want to see any of those matches. I don't. I, I'm assuming the the Lesnar and Reigns, because it's not the first time I've heard that, has to do with Paul Heyman. Look, I don't give a shit who Paul Heyman's coming out to the ring with. I don't want to see Paul Heyman anymore either.
2: But even that would make more sense. It would make
1: more sense. Don't necessarily see it. But, but yeah, it would make more sense. I mean, we, we saw that, though, years ago with, with Lesnar and Punk. When you know when when CM Punk was was turning face again or whatever, and and Heyman left his side to be rejoin with Lesnar, we saw that. I don't know, I... <laughs> folks. We're not gonna, we don't really have a lot of nice things to say about WrestleMania, I, and none of it's surprising to me. I did raise my eyebrows when it was like, really, we're doing Bobby Lashley? I just. I was kind of I was flabbergasted a little bit. I'm like, man, they fucking got me. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted in all in all the wrong ways. But um, before we wrap up the show, I want to I want to talk. I want to go back to the famous or infamous uh, forbidden door situation. I want to talk about it on a microphone because we talked about it. Amongst ourselves, as we always do, we're always talking wrestling. You have what's going on at AEW and Impact Wrestling on the on the final episode of Impact Wrestling in February. You had Tony Khan come out and do another paid advertisement, which he's been doing since December, when uh, when the when Kenny Omega won the title and Don Callis was involved, and you know Kenny Omega showed up on on Impact Wrestling. He brings to him. He brings with him some some AEW talent. Now they were all heels. Britt Baker, some Team Taz guys. I think Ryan Nemeth, who needs to go away because he needs <laughs> he needs a lot of work, a ton of fucking work. And I think Matt Hardy was on there too with the uh, with one with with one member of private a uh, private party, and they're cutting down. Impact Wrestling, they're they're being heels, and on paper, I th- that sounds good again, but we're missing so much of an important formula of a rivalry. And you know what, I don't know what that is, Joe. The other side. Yeah, this is as one sided as it gets.
2: Yeah, I've been I've been talking about this <laughs> right. for the past couple episodes. It's like, how does this work? Like, why is it so one sided? I get, a, you know. Tony Khan, AEW, they have much more money mm-hmm. than Impact. When is that? When does that rebuttal happen? You know, you just... Uh, it, he just... It seems like they're, it is very one-sided. They're, like, strong-arming them without having to do anything. And it's like, I, I don't get it. I, you know, I told you that earlier. You know, um, I don't know if it's a, just bad, you know, bad booking decisions by Tony Khan or... But I don't know how Impact is letting him get away with it unless he, I mean, obviously he said he's legitimately paying for these spots, so maybe they're just taking the money like, okay, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, they're prostituting themselves out, but that's not helping them out in the long run, you know? Your world
1: champion got pinned by the other company's world champion. We still haven't seen anything with that. No. Ever since Omega And came. now
2: they're recognizing the TNA world title. Yeah,
1: you, you got me you you know, you, you, you beat me there too. The TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Why by the way, they don't use the word TNA anymore. They don't use that in those initials anymore. Now that's being a recognized title. So now you got a guy that comes out calling himself the real world champion, and instead of finally making the match happen or what have you you say, you know what? Yeah, you're a real world champion now. You're also the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, guys. That what, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it because here you have AEW coming onto your show and calling, calling you a shit show on your show. They come in on your pay-per-view. Their world champion pins your world champion. And what does Rich Swann do? He gives Tommy Dreamer a fucking birthday present. Never mentions Kenny Omega. Still hasn't mentioned Kenny Omega. You got Moose running around with the fucking TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Now it's being recognized as a real world championship. Making your actual world champion, Rich Swan, look even fucking weaker. On top of that, you got a guy in Tony Khan... I respect the fact that he's a wrestling fan, but doesn't understand the business enough to know that a good rivalry, a great rivalry, has to have give and take. He's just taken, getting being this mega heel on the other company's show, and then when AEW comes around, there is not one fucking mention of Impact unless the Good Brothers are on there, and even then, they're barely pushing Impact.
2: And it's so much. It's so much to the point where. Tommy Dreamer's basically stepped away from TV, and he's voiced his his uh, opinion about the situation. He does not like it. I wouldn't like it either. How the fuck is this working? It's not. It's not.
1: At some point, at some point, Impact has got to come in and make some kind of statement. It could be, be. It could be a hostile takeover. It could be. A challenge it could be them getting on on their show and saying you know what i'm calling this person out this whatever they could have easily have implemented them on some kind or they could do something potentially hopefully by the time that we we we, we air this hopefully they have done, they would have done something on a revolution maybe i'm not saying as being anything big but you got to do something something to say you know what we have a lot to say in this rivalry and we're as legit as they come and I just I don't I don't know and I really don't get it because Don Callis is the only guy that's really part of all this you know he, I know on, on screen he's called himself invisible hands and all that shit well your fucking company's pretty fucking invisible in this fucking war if, if it's a, if it's like a it's a long term thing it's not working you have to do something now
2: he recently did a, a, a guest spot on the Good Brothers podcast, Talkin' Shop, and all he did was put over Kenny Omega. There was no mention of Impact, mm-hmm. at least not in a good way. I, I don't get that either. How do you... How do you... <laughs> how do you run a company and fucking just join the other team like that? Like, yeah. what the fuck? I... I <laughs> I tell you what maybe maybe we're just not seeing all this energy energy that's being avoided and held back maybe we're just not seeing all that and it's gonna come around and catch up to AEW in a big way maybe we do see a hostile takeover you know maybe that's what happens at AEW's revolution pay-per-view you know but if that doesn't and things continue to go the way they're going, what's the use of this whole forbidden door? Something's got to be done fast. Impact Wrestling is a very
1: talented roster. The most talented part of that roster is a man by the name of Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker, and yes, even Lo Brown, who still needs a lot of work on color. Matt Stryker has consistently done his part. Can't do it all. He's just a play-by-play guy. But he's consistently done his part of getting other rosters over. Not just for the sake of getting rosters over, but because can you imagine the matches that we could see? His words. He's talking dream matches. So he talks New Japan. He talks AAA. He even brought up what we're watching now, MLW with Leo Rush. Leo Rush right now is uh, he's uh, he's a champion in, in AAA. I, I, uh, I forget what title he's got. Um, one of the cruiserweight title, and uh, he talks about all that while also getting his roster over because he knows how good his talent is. He's doing his job on for his company, but while doing the job for the other company, it's not hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's also seasoned, you know. I'm not saying he's he's a I'm not saying he's a booker or anything like that, but he's a, a self admitted like wrestling super geek. Yeah, he is for 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 lack of a better vernacular. But he knows he's been in the business, he's been around it, he knows how shit works, and I think that's where Tony Khan suffers. And this you know this is his like we'll call it his rookie season. Of, of booking right now because this is like pretty much the first year at this point of AEW has, has been completed mm-hmm. you know now that that first year is under his belt he's got to get better things have got to get better you said it yourself watching AEW the past couple weeks it's just the same regurgitated nonsensical bullshit mm-hmm. over and over and over and they're not doing themselves any favors either. Right. So, you're right. Things have to happen. They have to happen fast in order for this to, to keep steam. Because otherwise people are just going to be like, it's more the same. What the fuck am I watching? Why am I watching?
1: I Especially, too, I mean, AEW's got a lot of fan, you know, got a huge fan base. But you also have a lot of skeptics. You have a lot of people that are are calling them, you know, WCW 2.0 still and all that, and, and and hiring guys like Sting and even Paul White didn't do them any favors. Not that Paul White's really gonna wrestle, but he, I, I think he might, but here or there. Yeah,
2: but. he said he's gonna occasionally wrestle, but even that, really quick, mm-hmm. I, my favorite, uh, my favorite nickname for AEW is T N A E W C W That whole Paul White situation too it's just like okay i get it you you essentially you know let's let's call a spade a spade dude he's not able to go full time he's Ooh. not able to go 100% anymore i understand according to to Paul White or Big Show He's got a lot left in the tank, quote-unquote. Great. But guess what? You're in the twilight of your career, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. Realistically, what are you going to do other than to bring eyes to that product? Not a whole hell of a lot, right? Let's call it Mm -hmm. what it is. They should have, instead of having this big press release about him being signed, they should have just kept it a secret and had him walk in on TV. Mm-hmm. and surprise the shit out of everybody. I think that would have got more eyes on their product and equaled ratings for them as opposed to them just like, hey, guess what? We signed this guy. Because I don't think they're getting the the return on investment as far as press goes that they think they're going to get or that they think they got. I don't. I really don't see that. I don't see it translating over for them to, to, to more eyes on the product. Because now you're just, okay... Great, Big Show or the guy that used to be Big Show is is in another league now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, minor league, depending on who the fuck you ask. Okay, great. And then what? Do you think these people are gonna go and just watch it automatically? No, that's not how shit works these days. You know how many other options for shit to watch people have right now? So yeah, they should have had him. They should have surprised the hell out of everybody. Had him walk out on TV because then guess what? Now we don't know who else will show up on AEW television. But what the fuck do I know?
1: Well, it's it's funny too because they literally did that, what you just said, when they brought in a bigger name in Sting. Yeah. Didn't announce anybody. He shocks the world. Bring in Paul White and it's like, hey, we got Paul White. What is he going to do? Well, well that's going to be a surprise. Well, at this point, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I right. I'm so uninterested by the, by that. But even if you hinted at something happening, I don't know how exactly off the top of my head. But you hinted towards something happening. Oh, who's it going to be? Even that—that's cheap publicity. And I don't necessarily am not a fa- I'm not a fan of that. But it still gets eyes on the product. Yeah. And then and then you uh, and you get to uh, under, for me. I'm underwhelmed by Paul White. I can give two shits about what he's going to do. Honestly.
2: Yeah. Well, I think everybody is. I mean, because, mm. uh, again, what realistically, I mean, we know now because of the press release, okay, he's going to do some commentary for the the second AEW dark show mm. that's going to premiere on Monday nights on YouTube. Um, Darker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, what the fuck?
1: I don't know about a lot of things that they're doing. Um real quick tidbit on that AEW show, I hope I hope AEW Dark goes back to being what it used to be prior to the pandemic and being an actual like, second show to Dynamite and have legit matches again and then your developmental is supposed to be on the other Darker show I'm just going to call it Darker for now because I don't know what it's supposed to be called
2: It's going to be called AEW uh, Dark Evolve Dark Evolve, um, or evolved or yeah,
1: they're really going with the Evolved name, huh?
2: I think so. Interesting. A- or, or AEW Dark Revolution, Revelation, Cause, Revolution. WWE supposed to be bringing back Evolved, the Evolved name. Supposedly, yeah. and that's a
1: whole other topic that that's, I have an issue with. Uh, fuck. <laughs> it, there's a lot wrong with with. I was I was intrigued at first. I was like, all right. They're gonna go do a developmental style. Um, they got they got Gabe Sapolsky on board doing this, and then when I found out that it's supposed to be like a fighting style, I was like, "This is fucking underground."
2: Yeah, we're just gonna wait for Shane McMahon to show yeah. up, and yeah. it's it's
1: just fucking raw underground. That's all it is. Whatever, man. You know, God forbid you actually <laughs> have a developmental <laughs> game. Well, before we bitch a storm even more, as everybody fucking likes to say we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we were pretty good this week. I think we were pretty <laughs> constructive. Aye, aye. Episode 112 is going to be in the books, ladies and gentlemen. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Everybody, revolving door, get your shit together. Because there's as Mass Tracker says, think of the matches. That we could have, think just think of that. Joe and I, we loved a fantasy book. And what if we lived in a world where we didn't have to fantasy book? You and I would be out of a job, and I'm, yeah. okay, I'm okay with that because I get <laughs> I get the best wrestling matches potentially ever. You know, but everybody's got to get their shit together, and uh, everybody that has talent, please leave WWE, so you don't have to carry the company for a year just to be scrapped for Bobby Lashley.
2: Really quick, did you see Shinsuke Nakamura on Twitter respond to that Mm. fan? Somebody had commented about, like, just, like, him kind of, like, coasting. And somebody replied, like, oh, yeah, he's happy. He's just got to work so many days uh, a month and... He, you know, he lives in Florida now, so it's, you know, he's... Referring, left.
1: referring Nakamura? Yeah.
2: No, I didn't hear about that. And he replied back and he goes, who said I'm happy? <laughs> he's like, only believe what I tell you. Like, only believe what I say, you know, because it's, I'm telling you it. It's like, wow, okay. So, I'm again, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not unhappy, but... Mm-hmm. For him to come out and say, hey, only believe what I tell you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we're we on uh, social media, facebook.com slash 20x20crew. That's our official Facebook page. Uh, if you want to come talk to Matt and I and help us bitch up a storm, <laughs> you can do that in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk.com. We're available on Instagram and Twitter, both with the handle, at 20x20crew. And uh, soon to be Patreon, more information on that coming up. And then also, our home on the web is 20x20crew.com, where you will find all of our past episodes, merch, and uh, anything that uh, we can come up with or have our hands in. Uh, (laughs) Guys, if you... Regardless of, of how you feel about the things we say, there's something very important we need you to do, and that's go rate us. Rate us on whatever podcasting platform you choose to listen to us. We always appreciate the listen. We always appreciate your feedback. At this point, I don't even care if it's one star rating, because you know me, I'm not about fucking star ratings. Ask, ask Dave Meltzer. Um, but Obviously, five stars would be greatly appreciated. But please, go rate us. This is how we are found by other podcasting platforms in the future. Any any ratings would be great. So please take the time. Rate us on your favorite or, or uh, whatever podcasting platform that you use. Very
1: much appreciated. And just a reminder, we are still in the midst of fixing some technical difficulties and getting website and Patreon up. We are, we will have that information ASAP and, uh, and, and hopefully you guys enjoy the new changes that we're making. We're really trying to, again, strive for bigger and better things. So do as my partner asks. please, please do that. Take the time, rate us, always pass the word. And just thank you for listening. As always, uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to do this again next week. Until then, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic.
0: Can I, can
4: I, can I tell you something as a friend? No. Can I tell you something as a friend? Come on, in if you would please. You're the shits. You really are. You're the worst I heard. Don, Don Ho, Don Ho is not going to be out of business. Meeting Nikolai Volkov, the Russian. Come on. I beg your pardon?
0: Uh, Listen, uh, Jim. Uh,
4: uh, Yes, Uh, Iron Sheik, the great 1984 Turkey Tournament, you're going to be part of it.
0: You know, I really don't care about that stupid idiot turkey tournament. He remind me look like Hulk Hogan. Look at him, son. Look at him. Now, that redneck stay done. Ah, tough. I'm not interested that idiot, that idiot turkey tournament. He the turkey?
4: An intercontinental title defense for my guest at this time, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the challenger, will be Tito Santana. Tito
2: Santana.
4: (laughs) Greg, come back here. Come back here. Greg, you may laugh about Tito Santana, but Greg, come back here. Come back here. You may... This man is serious. Greg, you come in here, you shout, you rave, you, you just go on and on and on. Julie, please, if you'd come on in here, I want to know if you sit across from each other at the dinner table, does this guy sit and yell? Does he? Does he pass the fucking potatoes? Does he? Does Certainly, he, the hell does. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> Another. Fellow Texan, going to be going against the likes of strongman Ken Patera. Captain Lou Albano, if I could prevail upon you, sir, I, I saw him wandering around here. I don't know if the great state of Texas or the cities of Dallas-Fort Worth are ready for the likes of Captain Lou Albano. Apparently not Bobby Heenan. Where the devil is the man? I can't figure
0: it out. Well, knowing Lou Albano, he's on the phone. He's doing some big business. You know, he manages Ken Patera. Ken Patera is a very, very powerful man. In the Olympics, in the, in the uh, Pan American Games...
2: Look at a he guy five
0: to... disappeared, just out of thin air. Well, maybe he's called somebody to bail a tear out of the jail. Maybe he's in another scrap again. Who knows who he worked over this time? You know, that guy's got a short fuse. His mind's half gone. He's, he's, he's the most wanted wrestler in the world. He's won in nine states. You know, but, the guy... That, wait uh, a minute.
4: Well, here's an update. It's 11 states now. 11
0: states, 11? yeah. And only 12 cases of rape. That ain't bad for the oh. weekend.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you should have seen what he did this past Thursday on Thanksgiving. He, what did he do, Gene? He uh, <laughs> he nailed a turkey from the rear. Fans, stay tuned. We're going to do this dig. one over again. Yeah,
0: the one with the big uh, the, yeah. The one with the
4: one with the big the turkey with the pecker on it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Better not be throwing those up uh, while
0: I'm while I'm here. Or anybody's going to come out here and put down Thanksgiving or America. And especially, you're not going to come out here and spit on the country where thousands... The soil. The thousands of military people that lay in them, in the, in the soil.
2: Not only military, but my own mother lays in the soil of America. And you're spitting on her
0: grave when you do that. So you remember this, Iron Cheek. When that match starts, all the people are going to hear the National Anthem. And they're going to be standing loud, and they're going to be standing proud and tall. And they're going to hear, they're going to hear what it's like to be an American. They're going to know, Iron Sheik, that I'm coming for business. And they're going to hear the Marine hymn. And that's when they're going to see me. And that's when you're going to see me, Iron Cheek. I'm going to come after you like I've never done before. And then, when it's all over, after they play the national anthem, after they play the Marine hymn, then we're going to play your song, Iron Cheek, on your way out of Fresno's Convention Center. And you know that song? It's called Taps. Taps. We're going to play your song, Iron Cheek. Taps. As you were. Straighten up your act, boy, you're going to have to go down and do some push-ups. Do you hear me? I thank
4: you very much. Sergeant Slaughter, a week from tomorrow night, here in Fresno. Friday, I wonder if you could get him to put
0: this...
4: I know, that that means I missed interviews in St. Louis. Right. Isn't that what that means, Friday? That that, that he missed interviews in St. Louis? When he should have been there, it was on the booking sheet, he missed interviews. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
4: Come here. No, I'm not kidding. Come here, Friday. Come here, Come on in here. Friday, uh, you're kayfabe. Come here. Right, sure. You speak of the language. Uh, Kamala, what's this shit about uh, you missing uh, interviews in St. Louis? I want I want an honest answer here. I'm going to confront you. I'm just like, uh, what's his name, Walter Cron- Cron- Cronk- Cronkite.
0: Uh, I don't speak English, and I can't read English, so I missed the interview. Yeah.
4: Well, that, uh I thought we had it, though. It was written up uh, in Swahili by James Barnett. I thought you would have got the goddamn message. This is ridiculous. When you're supposed to be in St. Louis for interviews, what the hell are you doing sitting on your ass in some goddamn hotel over in Ipswich, Illinois?
0: Uh, I do a little fucky fucky.
4: Oh, okay. That's a very good. That's, that's real good. Okay, good. Yes, we're going to be right back after this. Thank you, Kamala, and good Friday.
0: Junkyard dog, you said that your mother raised you to go to the big house, and you can do this and you can do that, but you ain't done nothing until you meet the Ugandan giant. Because I don't speak English, but i tell you one thing, I got a great amateur background. Just look at that body. 22-inch chest, 58-inch arm. Uh, council.
4: Pencil, yeah, that's big, uh, I don't know if I'd, uh, buy a lot of those, they may not be selling. You got any tips for me here, any special stock I should be looking at? Uh, can I say hi to Mom? Hi
0: Mom. Hi Dad. <laughs> I'll
4: tell you what, this Kamala is just a bundle of laughs, by God, he's done it all. <laughs>
0: دان خسرو وزیری و ویکتور ونتر و همه دنیا ال دروشا المان شمارا مشل سنبالا بیا آیت الله جين اوکلند و همه دنیا جانچار داگ و مردم ایران همه شما را مشتاصه مخصوصا ماکس شارپ ان مش میارشه ماکس و همه دنیا بالا بیا آیت الله والکاربو ورنگاریا مش شما مش سموله بالا بیا آیت الله خامنه ای و مردم ایران Kamala, Kamala, Russian, Russian. Russian, Ala Bia Ayatollah, Mash.
4: Back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action.
1: Until next week, we will see see you in the the ring. ring.